This is Toronto Today on TSN 1050, the voice of Toronto sports. Hello, everybody. Toronto Today on TSN 1050, tsn1050.ca, and on the iHeartRadio app. I'm Andy McNamara. Hope everyone's having a great day. Big show today. Big show. Josh Lewenberg, our TSN 1050 Raptors reporter, is going to join me at 11.30. I want to get his take, not just on the big Cleveland-Boston trade for Kyrie Irving and Isaiah Thomas, but also what it means for the Raptors and the rest of the East. Has anything changed? Has there been a shift in power? Does it benefit or hurt the Raptors one way or another? So we'll get into some basketball talk with Josh Lewenberg at 11.30. At 12.10, Mikey Singer, coordinator, organizer of the Fantasy Sports Show that goes this weekend, August 25th to the 27th, from the International Center in Mississauga. Uh, we're going to get a, a rundown of that incredible event. Guys, you got to check that out. Starts tomorrow. Uh, I'm going to be speaking Saturday. Two presentations, so an NFL and CFL fantasy talk uh, on Saturday, 12.30 and 4.30. That's going to be more than just, we're going to have fantasy experts, so it's the perfect spot for that. But there's collectibles. Johnny Bauer is going to be there. Mike Bossy, Mike Palmatier. They're going to have beer gardens, restaurants, virtual reality games, NFL combine interaction. Tons of stuff. Halftime shows. Lots going on. So we'll get into the fantasy sports show. What's going on there with Mikey Singer at 1210. And then we're going to be talking with Brett Okamoto, owner of Violent Gentleman, ESPN about the Mayweather-McGregor fight. Coming up this Saturday. It's finally here. All the hype, and that's... There's a lot of sizzle. I don't, I don't think there's going to be too much stake. But I'm going to tweet this picture out, and I was having this debate, heated debate, with producer Joe Narsa before we came on the show. I'm going to tweet this out in a moment. They have created a special belt for the McGregor-Mayweather fight. So a special belt... That is one and a half kilos of 24 karat gold, 3,360 diamonds, and crocodile skin from Italy. I didn't know crocodiles were in Italy. Apparently they are. And that's what the strap of the belt is made out of. So the question is, which belt would you rather have? This new one or the classic million dollar man's belt from the WWF back in the 80s? It's a, a difficult question. I'm going to tweet both the pictures out at AndyMC81. I have all the stats of the Mayweather belt at TSN 1050 Radio. You can let me know. Which belt? Joe Narsa, you had not seen the Million Dollar Man's belt, for shame. That was, for those who, who haven't seen it, it is all diamonds, real I'm sure, all gold of dollar signs. You cannot beat that, Joe. It's one of the ugliest Stop. things I have ever seen. It's green crocodile leather. That's all the million dollar man's belt was all gold with diamonds in dollar signs. Okay, first of all, let's be honest. This was wrestling in the eighties. It That's was right. gold plated terrible steel. <laughs> and then it was even worse silver plated dollar signs attached to it with a Whoa. massive dollar sign in the middle made of cubic zirconias. You do not know the spend that Vince McMahon went to. I'm pretty sure Vince McMahon threw up when he saw that belt. Mayweather's belt, on the other hand, is It's not flashy enough. Listen, it's everything I feel like I would be if I was a crazy millionaire. 
It is the equivalent of when we found out Adrian Peterson had a gold Minnesota Vikings logo in the middle of his house. <laughs> that is that is what you do with your money. You make a belt. And it's funny because... It has its own hashtag money belt, by the way. But you know that in boxing, they've like just kept developing different belts. Like You could be the heavyweight champ of like four different belts. Oh, th- that's what drives me nuts about boxing. It's impossible to even understand. The WWE has more like, structure to their champion belts than boxing does at this point. Well, it's, it's true. But yeah, boxing, it used to be... Well, it used to be the one. You were the heavyweight champion of the world. Then it was the big three. IBF, uh, WBC, and WBA. And now they've added, added an IBO. And see, so you can't keep track. That's another reason why boxing's struggling. Not just that you can't name anybody outside of Floyd Mayweather or Manny Pacquiao. See, I liked when they had the two belts, where it was uh, the WBC and the IBF, and then you would have... Like the undisputed champion, and those two would fight instead of a like a number one contender. I always thought that was wicked to watch because it was almost like seeing conference champions go head to head. Whereas now, right? You, okay, okay, I see what you're saying. But now you could have four fighters on one card, and all four are champions within the same weight class. And where are they ranked? Exactly. Right? Like, like, is I value the big three more than the newer ones? But even when those were around, well, is the WBA better than the IBF? Better than WBC? Like, it's two all over. That's why, at least, if you had all three and you had a unified champ, then that was the big thing, right? Unified heavyweight champion of the world, like Tyson did in Holyfield. And that's why, at some level, I think, as as crazy as this McGregor-Mayweather fight really is when you think about it, that it's a mixed martial artist versus a boxer, it's not like boxing has been that pure of a sport in the last 10 or 15 years. It's basically become... A bit of a farce in the way it's built and the structure behind the sport. Well, and and all the corruption, which is that that's what killed it to me. The belts and the corruption, because UFC doesn't have that corruption, right? You, when you watch a UFC match, you think you're you're watching an outcome, and whatever the outcome is, it's legit. With boxing, it's too corrupt, and there's no name power. Like Floyd Mayweather is 40 years old. And Conor McGregor, McGregor reminded us that press conference in Toronto, you're still wearing a backpack. 40 years old. That's the top name in the sport. If your top star is 40, you're done. That's, that's why they're having this fight. Because there's no one else for Mayweather to fight. And when he retires, can anybody name me another name guy in boxing? Like, I'm not saying there's not talented boxers out there. There are. Skill-wise. But name-wise, there just isn't. There's no names. The last heavyweight I can name is the Klitschko brothers, and I think they just retired. The last great heavyweight champ was Lennox Lewis. He was on the station yesterday. That was the last great one. Otherwise, there's no names. You need names. You need storylines. That's why UFC and MMA is so great, too. Because not only has boxing become corrupt and you don't have star power, but with MMA, it's, well, now I'm not just focusing on hitting a guy. You can take a guy down. You can break his leg. You can submit him. You can knock him out. You can kick him. You can punch him. So you have everything all in one, and you've been able to create stars. And it seems like it's on the up and up. So that's why I think UFC has taken over. Because it's new, fresh, and quite honestly, I was a boxing fan growing up, guys. I had Ring Magazine. I loved watching Tyson fights, Holyfield, Riddick Bowe, Lennox Lewis. But UFC came along. And once they standardized it so it wasn't the mayhem that was 
the first, what, 10 UFCs? We're just a sumo guy versus a little dude. They elbow each other in the face. I went in the, the first UFCs. I think I was like 10 or 12 watching one. I saw a guy get punched in the crotch eight times in a row before he tapped out. Eight. Even at 12, I thought, I don't know if I should be watching this. It was intense. <laughs> but now they've standardized, right? And there you go. And we have the huge fight. I, I still think it's going to be a terrible actual fight, but the hype's there. I'm interested. I want to see it. And I was able to tweet out also now. You can check it out at AndyMC81, at TSN 1050 Radio on Twitter. The comparison, the hot debate topic, which belt would you rather have? The Mayweather-McGregor money belt or the million-dollar man Ted DiBiase belt? Both are up there. You can see the pictures. Mike Skrizniak, Skrizzy, I know you're, you're a wrestling fan. You've seen, the, you've seen the tweet. You know what the million-dollar man belt looks like, and now the money belt. Which one would you rather have? You know what my response is to, uh, to Joe Narsa? What? <laughs> yes! You take the million-dollar belt <laughs> any day of the week over that fake leather piece of junk that McGregor Mayweather were parading around yesterday. I agree. Everyone's got a price, Joe. That belt will go good with suits. Yep. It'll go good if you're in track no, pants. No, it won't. The Million Dollar Man belt it goes matches good with everything. everything. No. And it's Mayweather belt way better with a suit. Here's the thing. Don't even go there. Here's the thing. The Mayweather Unless you have belt. a crocodile green suit. It doesn't. Well, and uh, yeah, from Italy. Croc- Italian crocodiles. Okay. I've never, I've ne- I don't think Italy has crocodiles. I don't believe so. So. I don't think they're native to that part of no, the world. No, I really I might don't. Be, I might be wrong. They don't like espresso. Here's the difference. The Mayweather McGregor belt, Scrizz, has to say money belt. The million dollar man belt is just dollar signs it's made of diamonds. It's just money, baby. You know what it's it money, is. It's money, baby. So we got two, two to one for the million dollar man belt over the Mayweather McGregor money belt. Although I do appreciate the gimmickry. <laughs> the Virgil Ted DiBiase fight over that belt was better than but this Mayweather will be? McGregor oh, will be. Guaranteed. Man. With the candy cane striped pants for Roddy Virgil. Roddy Piper going nuts on commentary. Wow. The good old days, Those Joe. were the good old days. Man. All right. So, hey, you want that? That wasn't one of our official poll questions, but I want to hear from you on it. You want the money belt or you want the million-dollar man belt? And we'll talk about the fight itself with Brett Akamata, the ESPN analyst, at 1230. And two poll questions for you. So, first of all, we had uh, Dave Poulin on the station uh, for the morning show, Naylor and Landsberg in the morning. And he mentioned he thinks that um, both Marner and Nylander could be top 50 players in the NHL this year. So our question is, at TSN 1050 Radio, at AndyMC81, we can open the phones too. There you go. 416-870-1050. 416-870-1050. Toll free, 855-591-6876. 855-591-6876. That's toll free. So our question was, which... Leafs secondary score outside of Matthews and Marner will have the biggest season. So Matthews and Marner, we're gonna we're gonna pencil them in as one two. Who's gonna be the next one? Will it be Nylander, JVR, the new veteran, Patrick Marlowe, or Nazim Kadri? Nylander, JVR, Marlowe, or Kadri. I'm gonna go with Nazim Kadri. And the reason I'm saying that is Veteran now, right? Great season a year ago. 
with Nylander, I think there is going to be, and it's natural, there's going to be some regression. It doesn't mean he won't take a step forward again later. But I think there could be some regression for Nylander. I think it's it's natural. Nazem Kadri's already gone through that phase, right? He's gone through the bridge contracts. And at 26 years old, you have Kadri coming off of 61-point season, 32 goals, 29 assists. And I think he's he's ready. Full season played. Like, there's nothing to tell me he's not going to go back and be a 30-goal scorer. He's right in his prime. Nylander is still approaching his prime. He's still not in it. What do you guys think? I'm going I'm going Kadri. Joe, who are you voting? I did vote Nylander. Yeah. But now thinking about it, the one thing that could potentially hurt Nylander's chances of being the leading secondary scorer after Matthews and Marner mm-hmm. is... That now you're going to have number one defense pairings and number one shutdown units up against Marner, uh, sorry, up against Matthews and Nylander every single game, day in and day out, shift in and shift out. They're going to be the focus. And I think you made a good point with Nazem Kadri because Kadri is becoming the Leafs version of their shutdown forward that can score. Right. He's kind of their all around center. He's playing against lower tier defensemen and, you know, the line he's kind of best suited to shut down. So because he has a positive advantage usually when he's on the ice, I think you're right. I think Kadri has the ability of being more consistent. And with Patrick Marlowe, that's going to be probably the most intriguing one to watch. I think that's going to yeah. be the fun one because... That's the wild I voted, card. I voted Marlowe. Did you vote Marlowe? I did. That's, that's the wild card. Because at some point, at some point, no matter how great you've been, you hit the wall, and we've seen it in every sport, it can come out of nowhere. It can come start of the... Maybe it's not this year. Maybe it's next year. Maybe it's the year after. So that's going to be the, the, the fascinating part to watch. How does he fit in? He's someone you can slide up and down the lineup, right? You can put on the power play. But w- what does his role become? Is he a floater? Is he, does he get designated? Like that's, that's going to be the intriguing part to me of where, where Marlowe actually fits in. So Personally, I think he fits in in the same way he fit in in San Jose. I don't think there's much difference in what you're going to see out of Patrick Marlowe. Hmm. Because if you were to think about it, in San Jose, it was Joe Thornton, Joe Pavelski, Brent Burns, Logan Couture, Patrick Marlowe. Right. In Toronto, it's going to be Austin Matthews, Mitch Marner, William Nylander, and then probably I would assume the expectation would be more on a Morgan Riley to be a leader, and then you're looking at Patrick Marlowe. So I still think... What's good for him is he's going to be a depth forward with the Maple Leafs with the ability of playing better than a depth forward. Yeah, that's true. So he's going to have he's going to have an opportunity. We have uh, on Twitter at Blanchman says Willie's got a shot. So he's going for William Nylander. As is the majority, seventy three percent going William Nylander. Poor JVR last at four percent. Marlow at ten and Kadri in second at thirteen percent so far. I don't think it's that clear cut. I don't think Nylander is the given. So I'm going to stick with Kadri. You can call him if you want to talk some Leafs. 416-870-1050. 416-870-1050. Toll free 855-591-6876. On Twitter at AndyMC81. At TSN 1050 Radio. And we have our second poll question. NFL related. Season's coming up real quick, folks. Real quick. And the third preseason game 
which is the most interesting of any of them, any of the four, because it's the dress rehearsal game. And you're going to see the starters for the longer period of time. And it's going to be coaches and fans holding their breath, making sure no one gets injured. Like that game on Monday where Odell Beckham Jr. almost had his knee and ankle popped out of the sockets from that hit by Brown's cornerback, Brian Body Calhoun. What a great name, by the way. It's like a cowboy name. Brian Body Calhoun. But that's what, that's what terrifies NFL teams and fans. So he left with that kind of sprained ankle, was checked for a concussion. And that's why, folks, if you're going to do your fantasy football leagues, I keep telling you, don't do it until after the third preseason game. I know you get antsy, but something like that can happen. Odell Beckham's a top three pick in fantasy pools. So imagine you pick him and he blew his knee out there. You're screwed. So that's why you wait. But our NFL question at AndyMC81 at TSN 1050 Radio is, which NFL team that missed the playoffs last season will make it this year? Every year, teams that miss the playoffs come back and get in. And vice versa. So which team will it be this year? The options we put down, the Tennessee Titans, first grace, the Carolina Panthers, the Denver Broncos, and the Arizona Cardinals. Titans, Panthers, Broncos, Cardinals. Which one is most likely to make the playoffs? I w- this is a, a tough one to me. Because if you look back, all right, you got Cam Newton dead last in the NFC South off the Super Bowl hangover. Can they be that bad again? I can say the same thing about the Arizona Cardinals. Arizona Cardinals a year ago were thought to be at least conference championship contenders. Carson Palmer back one more year. They finished seven, eight, and one in that NFC West division. You sell the Rams who are going to stink. 49ers are going to suck. Seattle won at 10, five, and one. Could they be taking a step back? I think that division's up for grabs. NFC South um, with the Falcons, you have the Buccaneers to contend with. Saints defense still isn't nearly good enough. Then you go through the Vikings missed. Eh, NFC North, maybe. Bears aren't going anywhere. Uh, Redskins and Eagles. Uh, Denver Broncos in that AFC West. I think that AFC West is wild open. And really the wild card race in the AFC West, wide open. Because you have Kansas City. It's about the same. Oakland Raiders, they surged with Derek Carr. But again, when you have young quarterbacks, could there be a bit of regression there? Are they as good at 12-4? and four? What's Marshawn Lynch mean to that offense? And the Broncos are going right back to tre- with Trevor Simeon, which is very unexciting. So I don't know about the Broncos. Colts, Andrew Luck still isn't throwing. Jaguars are horrific. The Titans at 9-7 and seven, right there. And you could argue if Marcus Mariota did not get hurt, they could have taken out the Texans. Anyone confident with the Texans quarterback situation? You stay healthy with the Titans with the weapons they added? Oof. And other, other outliers who missed the playoffs in the AFC North. Ravens, Bengals, Browns. I'm not going to fool myself. Browns aren't making the playoffs. Bengals look like they've taken a step back. Ravens may be the most uninteresting, unentertaining team in the AFC. Defense, bland. Offense, blander. And then in the AFC East, Bills and Jets, they're not going anywhere. So the options, again, 
on which NFL team that missed the playoffs last season will make it this year. And you can add anybody else if you want to tweet in at TSN 1050 Radio at AndyMC81. The Titans, Panthers, Broncos, or Cardinals. Joe Narsa, how are you voting? You can go off the board, but those are the most logical ones to me. Okay, well, I have two. Uh, that's not the question. You can only vote for one. Too so, bad. Wow. Hashtag producing. Wow. I will take my Philadelphia Eagles to get back to the oh, playoffs. Ah! <laughs> and I will take the Carolina Panthers in your poll. Because oh. I think Cam Newton will have a turnaround season. He's starting to get banged up, though, man. I know. I know. But I, what I do like about them is the addition of Christian McCaffrey Ooh. in the back end. Because yeah. they've had a lot of, of those physical running backs that kind of power through a line, which is great. But the issue is, usually you'll have a stacked front because of the ability of Cam Newton to move. Right. And having a more mobile running back in Christian McCaffrey, I think is going to add a lot to that offense. And he can pop him out to the slot as well. Yes. Very versatile. Which can also be a nice out for him because when the pressure does come on a guy like Cam Newton, you want to see him get hit less. And if he's able to get the ball off a little earlier, and if referees actually call a foul, a flag on him when he gets destroyed. Which may or may may not happen. uh, I think it'll definitely help him. So I'm looking at the Panthers to get back into the playoffs. I I really like the Christian McCaffrey addition. Um, Curtis Samuel was also added from Ohio State, and he was drafted as a receiver. But he's he's very very similar to Christian McCaffrey, kind of like a McCaffrey light. Like you can line up, he lined up in the backfield. You can put him in the slot. So you almost have two guys who are very similar. So I don't know how much use he's going to have. Those are your first and second round picks, two almost identical guys. So Panthers, maybe. Scriz, is it a given you're going Titans? I know you're a Titans guy. Well, I know you're Titans obviously, guy. I voted Titans on the poll because yes. I didn't think anybody else would. Right. Who but votes for their own team? Oh, well, the I guy who just I said he exactly. was off the board. Wow. He made fun of me. Yes. Um, but I do think the Panthers have the best chance, though, because I actually think the defense um, should be improved. Remember, they, they lost Josh Norman yep. and Captain Munnerlin two off-seasons ago. Yeah, they started two rookies at corner last year, mm-hmm. and Luke Keekley was in and out of the lineup. Yeah, and they, well, they had the best defense in the league two years ago. That's right. So if they're healthy on that side of the ball, I think they have the best front seven in the NFC, except for maybe the Seahawks. So we got Bennett there with the Seahawks. Yeah. Hmm. With that, with McCaffrey, the weapons of Cam Newton stays healthy. They still got Olsen. Everyone forgets about Kelvin Benjamin. That guy's a beast. He's got to guard one on one. He's got to he's got to stay on the field and get more consistent physically. He's a, he's a monster. They're going to go against the Saints defense twice. They're yeah. going to go against the Bucks, who I think kind of overrated. Atlanta is probably going to take a step back. I think Carolina's got a really good chance to win that division. And I also think the Bengals in the AFC. I don't know why you're so down on them. Bengals, no guy, nah, doll. They like, have a lot of weapons on offense. You got Joe Mixon in the backfield, reprehensible human, but you should. I know be. you don't like John Ross, but it adds an element. AJ Green missed a lot of time last year. Yep. Broke his leg last year. Here's the thing, and yeah, John John Ross is a, a one trick pony speedster. Uh, the defense, not impressive. The defense is old. Yeah, but the Browns the make them look good. So will wow. the Ravens. Just wait till Miles Garrett. To Just wait till Miles Garrett. Just wait till Miles Garrett devours Andy Dalton. Eats huh? him with a spoon. Hey, wait the four downs, everyone. September 2nd. We'll have more talks Hey-o. about this. That's right. 11 a.m. here on TSN 1050. I'm going to see the Arizona Cardinals, guys. That was a team that fell on its face last year, and huge things were expected. This could be the last year for Carson Palmer. Right? And I'm not saying he's a top 10 quarterback, 
But he's got the big arm, knows Bruce Arians' offense. He can run it. You got... The defense is good enough. The offensive weapons are there. They got plagued by injuries a year ago. Seahawks, I still don't think are the same team. I think they've, they'll continue to, to dip. Maybe they get 10 wins. But for the Arizona Cardinals for a wild card spot, and maybe to, and if, if things bounce the right way, could contend for the division. The NFC for a wild card spot, I think, is, is up for grabs. So I'm going to see the Arizona Cardinals for my vote there. So you can vote on our two polls. About two and a half, I guess. At TSN 1050 Radio, at Andy MC81. Which NFL team that missed the playoffs last season will make it this year? Titans, Panthers, Broncos, or Cardinals? Panthers, by the way, leading the way at 44%. Our Leafs poll, which Leafs secondary scorer outside of Matthews and Marner will have the biggest season for the Leafs? Nylander, JVR, Marlowe, or Kadri? Or, my personal favorite, which belt? Which belt? Would you rather have the one that was just made, the McGregor Mayweather money belt, or the million dollar man belt from the WWF in the 80s? If you don't know what they look like, you can go to at, at AndyMC81 and take a look at both. I'm going million dollar man belt. We'll take the break. Some basketball talk. What does the big Kyrie Irving, Isaiah Thomas trade mean for the Raptors and for the rest of the East? I'll chat with Josh Lundberg, our TSN 1050 Raptors reporter, coming up after the break. Lots more coming on Toronto Today. Welcome back to Toronto Today. On TSN 1050, tsn1050.ca, and on the iHeartRadio app. I'm Andy McNamara with you until 1 o'clock. You can get us on Twitter at TSN 1050 Radio, at AndyMC81. Still to come in the show, talk with the organizer of the Fantasy Sports Show. Starts tomorrow, the 25th to the 27th, down at the International Center in Mississauga. It's going to be a phenomenal show. We'll get into all that with Mikey Singer. And then Brett Okamata, ESPN analyst, MMA analyst, and we'll, we'll talk about... Mayweather McGregor, and we're getting quite a stir on Twitter at AndyMC81 about which belt is better. And I want to get this uh, the hot take first before we talk about the Kyrie Irving Isaiah Thomas mega deal and what it means for the Raptors with our next guest, Josh Lundberg, TSN 1050 Raptors reporter. First of all, Josh, how are you? Good, Andy Mac. How you doing, buddy? I'm I'm well, and and you know what? I don't know if you've seen it, but there's the. Uh, the custom Mayweather McGregor money belt that was just produced that has uh, 3,000 something diamonds and all that. And I put out the argument, I put it on Twitter which belt would you rather have? Which looks better, the money belt or the million dollar man Ted DiBiase's belt from the 80s in WWF, which was literally dollar signs with diamonds on it? Do you have a preference? Uh, see, see, I'm not a, a wrestling, boxing, MMA guy. None of that is my my thing. So <laughs> I, I I couldn't tell you. I'm going to say, Josh, you, you would look the wrong guy for this, Andy Mac. Josh, I'm going to say you would look sweet in a million dollar man diamond belt. Take <laughs> my word. Take your on word it. for it. Take my word on that one. Uh, you know what? Hey, we'll see who's going to be getting some diamonds after next NBA offseason with this with this trade. Uh, the, Ooh, se- segue. Huh? That, that just that came way. to me. <laughs> uh, so the Celtics, of course, and, and the Cavs. Kyrie Irving didn't do, probably didn't do himself or the team any favors with letting it get leaked out, or was it LeBron? Who knows? But the news got out, so that takes the power out of the Cavs' hands, of course, as far as dealing him. 
What do you, uh, the, the deal, you've been able to stew, uh, sit on it for a day. The deal itself, do you have a, a, a winner or a loser? Does it benefit both sides? I think it actually does probably help both sides, or at least I can see why both sides would pull the trigger on this. I, I do think the Cavs are the winner because this is a lot more than I thought they'd be able to get for Kyrie given the situation you just mentioned. Now, I mean, the Cavs weren't in a great spot, and I don't think it's for the reason that a lot of people might expect um they had more leverage than most teams do in the situation where a a star player's trade request becomes public simply because the Kyrie's value league-wide was really high is really high and he has two more years left on his contract so he wasn't exactly holding the Cavs hostage they had every incentive to sit around and wait for the right deal to to uh, to be out there, and until somebody was willing to offer them fair value and, and what Kyrie is worth, the problem is, and this is where the Cavaliers found themselves in a tough spot, is that there weren't a lot of teams out there that had enough or had the right pieces to offer what Kyrie is worth, and uh, the team that was probably most able to do that is the team that the Cavs had the least um, amount of incentive to work with, and that's the Boston Celtics, the team that is their direct competition in the Eastern Eastern Conference. So um, I I think it was always pretty straightforward to to them, to the Cavs, and it, it was apparent by how quickly this deal came together yesterday. We heard that it was close, and then just like that, it was done minutes later. Um, in order for the Cavaliers to give Kyrie to Boston, the Celtics needed to give them everything they wanted. And once they became willing to do that, it was a no-brainer for Cleveland. They weren't going to do better anywhere else. Well, especially you get the unprotected Brooklyn pick. Like I heard that was kind of the thing tying it up to get that that yep. pick. The Nets finishing last last year. Like uh, Josh, we could see potentially the Cavs win a title and have the first overall pick. Yeah, and it's funny. I mentioned <laughs> this on Twitter yesterday. The Cavs uh, are, are somehow really good at winning those draft lotteries. Right? right? They make <laughs> it look easy now. Uh, Brooklyn presumably will be better than they were last year. They've upgraded in talent some, and the Eastern Conference is so bad now that they'll actually have more competition for those lower seeds. But to me, this still seems like probably a a top-five pick in what should be a pretty good draft. So, yeah, I, I mean, not only did the Cavs get those pieces that can make an impact this year, come in and help LeBron compete for another championship in Isaiah Thomas and Jay Crowder, who I really like, by the way, Mm -hmm. to me is another part of this deal that made this sort of a no-brainer for Cleveland. But they also get that pick, which allows them to pivot a little bit. If LeBron and now Isaiah Thomas, also a free agent, decide to leave during the summer, then they have a a piece presumably that they can build around with that draft pick, a young guy that might have star potential. But that's also an asset that they can use to try and keep those guys. They can sell them on on coming back if they have this pick that maybe they can move for another veteran or they add another young piece to build around a core that they wouldn't have been able to build around otherwise. And that's another caveat here is it it always seemed like they were going to need to move Kyrie or Kevin Love. I think most assumed it would be Kevin Love 
in order to upgrade their talent elsewhere and, and build up some depth because as a capped up as a capped out team, which I think Raptors fans are coming to realize as well, it's very tough to add talent. They wouldn't have been able to get a guy like Crowd or otherwise, and I think he helps them a lot. So I think this trade checked off a lot of boxes for Cleveland, and not only are they in much better shape moving forward if the future is indeed one without LeBron James, but they might actually be in better shape now, as crazy as that sounds. I was going to say, do you think they're better built to take on the Warriors as they are now built this year? Like Not just for, for the future, you're, you're right, that, that is the, the cherry on top and gives them a lot of wiggle room and options, but with the addition of, of Crowder, because one of the, they, they were very top-heavy, right? Like, are, are they better built to take on the Warriors? They're deeper. Uh, hmm. I think, Andy, it'll depend on the health of Isaiah Thomas. Of course, he's, yeah. uh, his, his status is still sort of unknown after uh, suffering that hip injury and, and missing time during the playoffs. He's still recovering. Um, and if he's the player that he was last season in Boston, a big if, but if he is that all-star talent, that elite scorer that we've seen him develop into over the last couple of years, then really how much of a drop-off is that from what Kyrie was giving them? Kyrie is a great player, also an elite offensive player, but they play sort of similar styles at that hmm. point guard position, right? I mean, yeah, they have similar yeah. strengths offensively. They certainly have similar weaknesses defensively. So while it's certainly a downgrade at that position, you're probably going from a top five to eight point guard in Kyrie to maybe an eight to ten point guard in that range. So you're replacing him with a, a competent player, certainly if healthy, a similar player. And then, as you mentioned, you're adding Crowder, who, to me, I mean, he's the, the player, I think, that the Raptors thought Damari Carroll would be when they right. signed Damari back a few years ago. And that was the same offseason that Boston got Crowder, who's turned out to be the much better player. Obviously, the health matters. He's been healthy. Damari hasn't been. But he's that uh, tough 3 and D guy that makes an impact on both ends of the floor. He's not a star by any means, but he's a very good player, and I think he'll fit in nicely with Cleveland. It's funny. He's one of the only guys in the NBA that you want guarding LeBron. He was one of those so-called <laughs> LeBron stoppers, and now he'll be on the same team. Now he's with them. Yeah. In conversation with Josh Lundberg, our TSN 1050 Raptors reporter on Twitter, at JLU1050. So, Josh, what does this mean for the Toronto Raptors this season? Because the Raptors have uh, really been able to stand pat, and I don't feel, at least on paper, lose any ground uh, as far as what the, their 51 win total. But with this trade, with this shift, does this affect them in any way, or do you still see them probably finishing in that three spot in the, in the East? Yeah, I think for now it's probably neutral for them. Mm. They're, they were probably third in the Eastern Conference hierarchy, and they're still probably third in the East hierarchy now. Uh, I'm not sure that anyone would have expected them to uh, make the conference finals anyways. It was already supposed to be Cleveland and Boston, and now probably nobody is going to expect them to get back there. And I can tell you the team is pretty happy about that. Uh, they've embraced that underdog role over the years. They haven't fared especially well when there's been expectations, but they have um, sort of overcome things as and surprise people as underdogs. So 
Uh, they'll certainly be underdogs again now. Um, I think in the long term, it could be a bad thing for them in the sense that uh, I think that LeBron is probably a little bit more likely to stay in Cleveland as a result of this trade than he was, let's say, 24 hours ago or 48 hours ago. Um, and obviously the Raptors, like just about everyone else in the East, would love to see LeBron go west. So right. certainly if the Cavs remain up top uh, as a result of this trade going forward into next season and the season after, then uh, this hurts the Raptors. But, I mean, I still think there's an opportunity here for Toronto if LeBron were to leave and Cleveland were to rebuild. In that scenario, Boston probably becomes the the consensus sort of head of um, the the class in the East. And this trade probably makes them a little better in that scenario as well. But if you're the Raptors, you certainly rather look up and see Kyrie Irving and the Boston Celtics at, at that number one spot than uh, LeBron James and the Cleveland Cavaliers. So uh, I think a lot of that is uh, – to be determined depending on LeBron's decision in the summer, but that was always going to be the case. Right. And that's, that's the case for a lot of teams around the NBA right now that are just waiting for that decision and are, are making their decisions with that in the back of their mind that the landscape, not just in the East, but throughout the NBA can drastically change with one decision in one moment in next July. So the next 12 months, will be pretty interesting, and there's going to be a lot of people waiting on pins and needles. Yeah, and it's leading up to what should be a very interesting season. Josh, thank you so much. We'll do it again soon. All right, Andy. All right, that is Josh Lewenberg, a must-follow on Twitter, at JLU1050 or TSN 1050 Raptors reporter. And ESPN put out, or uh, SportsCenter rather, put out uh, that the trade between Kyrie and Isaiah Thomas uh, this is the first time in NBA history that two 25-point-per-game scores have been traded for each other in the following season. So certainly a mega deal. And if Isaiah Thomas is healthy, like Josh said, I don't think there's that much of a drop-off offensively. You know, you'd like the, the size of Kyrie better, obviously, but uh, they're not defensive powerhouses by any stretch. And you bring Crowder in. So uh, East got more interesting with the top two teams, but yeah, I still think the Raptors are the third best there, and you kind of play out the season and see see what happens. We're going to take the break. Still to come at 1210, Mikey Singer, organizer of the Fantasy Sports Show that goes this weekend, August 25th to 27th at the International Center, will join me. Then Brett Okamoto from ESPN, their boxing and MMA analyst, will stop by at 1230 to go over Mayweather-McGregor. A lot more coming up here on Toronto Today. It's time for the championship battle in TSN 1050's Sound Wars. Oh, what a hit that was! This is the worst one for sure. It is 11.50 in the morning, and this is Toronto Today. I'm Andy McNamara. The best soundbite battles, the best on-air moment, and you get to decide the winner of TSN 1050's Sound Wars. Brought to you by Old Tomorrow's new Lighter Up Light Logger. The final battle continues between soundbite seed number three versus on-air moment number seven. Soundbite number three. Phil Kessel misunderstands Pierre Maguire's post-period question about his cardiovascular fitness. How's your breath? It's, it's not good, eh? <laughs> <laughs> no, I meant in terms of conditioning. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that Phil Kessel laugh is the best thing 
I've ever heard. It is. <laughs> All right. So that's uh, soundbite number three. Versus on-air moment number seven. Brian Hayes has the reaction of all reactions to the Leafs winning the draft lottery. The first pick goes to the Maple Leafs. The Toronto Maple Leafs. The Leafs. The Leafs. They did it, Naylor. Go to tsn1050.ca, click on Soundwars, and vote for your favorite. Soundbite seed number three. Kessel's not good, eh? Or on-air moment seed number seven. They did it, Naylor. Voting for this championship battle closes tomorrow at 8 a.m. Soundwars on TSN 1050 is brought to you by Old Tomorrow's new Lighter Up Lager. Uh, later up, light lager at select Loblaw grocery stores. That's a tough one. Just the Phil laugh. Like, I lean to- initially towards they did it, Nailer. But then Phil's laugh at the end just, I think it pushes me over the edge. He's starting to make a little bit of a comeback also. I know. That they did it, Nailer, is like an all-timer. But Phil's laugh. <laughs> like, it is. <laughs> I, I, I think I might have to go there. I might have to go for Thanks, it. eh? Wow. I bet we could have like a whole Phil interview with just Phil sound bites. Just have Scrizz push it back Should we there. try it? He's such an idiot. Oh, I knew that one was coming. Yeah. We, we probably could. Just have an exclusive interview with Phil Kessel with just sound bites that we have. Good one, Randy. Oh. Good one. If you take the R out, it's great. It works. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> All right. That's enough. <laughs> it's like he was never traded. He's still here. He's still being that lazy. That is the longest interview Phil Kessel did in Toronto just now. Just right now. There. It was. It was. So you can, you can vote there on tsn1050.ca. And by the way, a Toronto Today brought to you in part by Lease Busters. Lease Busters will get you out of your car lease today. It's as easy as pie, a piece of cake. Avoid penalties and early termination fees. Visit leasebusters.com. Still to come in the show, 1210, Mikey Singer, organizer, coordinator of the Fantasy Sports Show down at the International Center, August 25th to 27th. So starting tomorrow, we'll go over all the festivities. It's going to be a massive show. That's at 1210. Then Brett Okamoto, ESPN, boxing and MMA analyst. He'll stop by. Hey, we're almost here. It's almost time. The hype is almost over for McGregor and Mayweather. With the new money belt, you can still give us your take. We're having... Quite the interaction. Uh, we've had a, a couple guys at Trevor Slash T chirping the Million Dollar Man's belt. I put out there at TSN 1050 Radio at AndyMC81. Which belt would you rather have? The money belt just made up or the Million Dollar Man Ted DiBiase's Million Dollar Belt from the 1980s WWF? Trevor Slash T is all in with the Mayweather McGregor money belt, as is producer Joe Narsa. Uh, Scrizzy is of like mind with me, as is on Twitter, at Daryl underscore Samuels. He writes, everyone has a price for the million dollar belt. It's, it's, it's a belt of diamonds in the shape of dollar signs. I don't know what the, uh, what the argument could be. We'll take the break and come back with some Blue Jays talk. Jays are in action tonight, wrapping up the series with Tampa Bay. And we'll get into, um, lots more, uh, NFL, more Leafs, and, um, uh, the box, uh, the big match Mayweather McGregor. A lot more coming up on Toronto today here on TSN 1050.